name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Well, this is the beginning in the liturgical text of our preparation for Great Lent. So this is Meat Fair Sunday, and next will be Cheese Fair Sunday. So this week, uh, last week you could eat anything. This week we can't eat, we're not supposed to eat meat. And then next week we're not supposed to eat dairy products. And then, then we fun Monday, we will be Great Lent, which is Easter fast day. So you can keep Lent. Uh, either way, what do you want? You want to keep it the Eastern way, or you want to keep it the Western way. Uh, however, you don't have to keep it the monastic way, but if you want to, you can do that too. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, the question proposed to us in the Gospel today is, who is my neighbor? And of course, this is a very serious question. Uh, because we are baptized and chrismated, and we say that we are Catholics. And not just Catholics, we are Eastern Catholics. And uh, we go back to the early church, the very first centuries. And you know, there were many councils and things in that period. Custom I see at 325, Chalcedon 1 and 2. All these things taught us the understanding of the gospel that was in the early church. And uh, the Eastern Church is a depository of these things. So we have not followed the ways of Western Christianity, who have actually deviated a lot from what was done in the early church. Some have and some haven't. But Christianity today, certainly it's a certain mess, I think. Because we all should be following the apostolic tradition. I'm not saying they're all heretics. I don't believe that. I say that their salvation is in jeopardy. Jesus taught us to fast and pray. If he didn't say, if you want to, we're supposed to live the gospel. We are the gospel book open to the world. If they don't see that in us, where are they going to see it? Uh, it's very important that we have a disciplined life and that we live it from day to day. But of course, some people, not at all, uh, they, they're pretty good at home, but once they get outside the door, they join the rest of the pagan mob. And they forget that they are Christians. 
this is a problem. We should not forget the Ten Commandments and the precepts of the Church and the counsel of our Lord in the Gospel. So now this time of year is a time to examine our conscience and get ready for a great moment. When I was a teenager, like some of these guys here, and I spent a lot of my time with my grandparents. My mother and dad, they were working in this and that, you know. And I went to them every summer. And then and, uh, when I got into time for high school, we used to say, uh, we were in the Midwest, and my mother and father were very unhappy with the schooling there. So they sent me back to New York, and I went to an academic high school, and I got a very fine education. Uh, I don't want to talk about that education. I just want to talk about the culture. The culture we live. Is it based in Christianity? Or is it based in secularism? I watched the children closely, especially when I was in the parish. And as long as they were with us in the parish, they were doing very well. And once they went out to college and places like that, uh, a lot of them uh, were lapsed. Uh, I couldn't figure that out. Why is that? But they want to be like their friends and their people in school and things like that. Ten to one, and I mean ten to one, those people are pagans. Uh, in Greek, pagani means the people in the village. The pagans was the village. And that meant that they didn't know the sophisticated religion of the city, which was Constantinople, and of course it was Christianity. That Christianity means we follow Jesus Christ. So we today, in the Gospel, uh, we were talking further ahead into Lent, talking about our relationship with our neighbor. Uh, it's a problem. We want to get along with our neighbor, but they don't necessarily believe what we believe, and we don't want to offend them. Go ahead and offend them with your faith. Preach the gospel. Many people give up or the practice of their faith for uh, money. I'll tell you something. I've never given up any practice of my faith, and I've never done without. God usually takes pretty good care of me, at least his priest. And I had a very good career in the military and everywhere, teaching and all those things, founding four parishes. God's been very good to me. And I rejoice in him and thank him for that. I think you'll find out if you're staunch 
and keep your covenant with God, he's going to be very good to you. Now, no marriage is safe without that covenant. And no family is safe without the commandments and the liturgy of the church. As the liturgy of the church contains all the teachings, and that's what we need, such teachings, that uh, ascetical life. So now we're entering into that season of asceticism. An ascetic is an athlete, one who lives his life disciplined in order to do the God's will and gain the heavenly kingdom. I've uh, taken care of a lot of people, well, not a tremendous lot, but quite a few that were dying. And uh, I remember one lady in particular, uh, and her husband too, they were pretty sick, and I went to anoint her. Her daughter called me to anoint her. She had not lived a Catholic life. She wasn't a Catholic. And she said, why do you send for a priest? Well, she says, because I'm a Catholic. Your daughter was Catholic. So I went in to see her. I said, to, I talked to her a little bit. I said, what do you want? She says, I want eternal life. I said, you know, you're going to have to be baptized, chrismated, receive the body and blood of the Lord. Whatever it takes to get eternal life, I want it. Her husband was the same way. And they both fell asleep in the Lord. I buried them in a Catholic cemetery where the soil was consecrated soil. A place where we bury saints. Sometimes we make decisions because we, we are, we think we can get away with something. Or we're not, well, we got time. Or I remember my son Christopher, you, you know him, and uh, he was a street boy, and I took him in, and I had baptized him. I took him in and I raised him. And, uh, he said it was tough. I said, it's really tough, isn't it? You got your PhD and you're a professor. It must have been a tough life. He said, well, I, I didn't think of that. I said, no, but you say it was tough. I said, the tough make progress. Those that pray and fast make progress. The others fall behind. Christ calls us to follow him strictly. So our people say, well, it said was today in the readings, it's uh, the Father's readings at Madness, it says, well, God loves us, and then therefore don't, don't be afraid. But you should be afraid. He also expects you to do the right thing. That was the point. How do you love God? Do you do the right thing? You should fear if you do not the right thing. Some people have habits of sin. That's not the worst thing in the world. 
You just have to get over them. Because the devil knows your weakness. Now be careful who you're listening to, who your company is, but the allowances you make for yourself. Don't be easy on yourself. I went through a university, I went to a school in Boston for Greek and Latin, I went to a seminary, trembling that I would be good enough to get through all these courses. And I did. The seminary was not an easy place. I mean, if you didn't keep a B average, they didn't say you didn't have a vocation. They said, well, you have to go somewhere else. So you keep your marks up. So I was praying to keep my marks up, and I did a lot of praying, and thank God I did it. With God's help and our Blessed Lady's help, and I was ordained to be a holy priest, a holy priest. But that's demanding to be a holy priest. The priest should not take a license with his life, and he should not uh, make excuses for himself. He must keep all the fasts, all the prayers, and he must be an example for his people. In my lifetime, I've seen the church slide. Lent used to be really meaningful. And now, especially in the West, they have Ash Wednesday and they have Good Friday. It's all left on Wednesday. We'll do something, they say. Something penitential. I remember my grandmother, God bless her. She says, I don't know, I don't, she, I don't care what the church is doing. She says, we're going to keep Lent in this house. And she was a, you know, we wouldn't take her on. And we did keep Lent. And there was no meat, no dairy products. There was fasting. And everybody went to the devotions in church for Lent. It wasn't horrible. I liked it. Now, they become too lenient. Well, it's option. You can do something. There should be no options. There's no options to take commandments. There's no options to the precepts of the church. You can't make up your own religion. You have to follow what Christ has taught us. Thousands of people are going to hell because Jesus is merciful. They think that's an excuse that they do not have to do his will. He is merciful if you do his will. No place I've ever been in school or in work or the church or any place you got anywhere ahead if you didn't do the right things. It's not easy to be a pastor. Uh, <clears throat> pastor, she 
responsible to the bishop, who's the real pastor in the diocese, and his his the, the presbyterate is cooperator with him, and he makes demands, and you have to get up on Sunday, and you have to say to the people, well, the bishop wants this many bucks. He's going to have a he's going to have a uh, drive. The bishop's drive, or whatever, they have different names. But you know, you have to make the goal. Well, some priests don't make the goal, they're not going to throw them out of the priesthood. But who are the popular ones are the ones that make the goal for the bishop. And I used to think to myself, well, why does he need all that money? He had no idea. The mess the bishop's in. So we should cooperate with him. Right now we don't have a bishop. We're praying every day. And uh, I, I'm sure, you know, the, the priests are just refusing. It's such a great responsibility. But for sooner or later, we'll, we'll have a bishop. And we're going to cooperate with him. I never did not make a goal that the bishop set for me. A military person, a retired colonel. When I was a young man, I went to a Catholic military school. Um, it was okay, I thought I was sadly abused because my mom and dad put me in a military school, military academy. But I learned a lot there. And uh, later on, I reevaluated that. Going to school, going to set goals for yourself, or even getting married, or what do you do, is a challenge. If you're not a disciplined person. So this I'll tell you a story about that. I was at Michigan State University just before I went to seminary and uh, there was a guy there. I was very thick with the priest there. There were two priests there and this guy was coming in for counseling you know. He met this lady And he says, I'm in love with her and I want to get married. So, but the lady is not too well. So he talked to me and I said, well, love's nice, but if you marry a sick woman, life's going to be difficult. Well, I'll take care of her. If you can. So they get married over everybody's questioning with the marriage. And you know, and of course she got sick. She was institutionalized. And he was without a wife. Well, he says, well, can you get a dispensation? No. He was warned before. He knew what he was marrying. It's a difficult life. 
and not a partner, a life partner. And he has to take care of her. No matter what your vocation is in life, you must keep your promise to Jesus Christ. You will be blessed in heaven, like we're told in today's readings. So how do you take care of the poor? How do you take care of your life partner? What are you teaching your children? Used to be in back east, they'd have an ad on uh, television or radio. Do you know where your children are? Children don't have to be happy, they have to be obedient. Later on, they'll be happy. But if they don't learn obedience, they get into difficulty that, well, I can do what I want, and they'll do what they want and wind up in trouble. And mom and dad have to rush around. I'll tell you another war story. So this guy was in the Air Force. I was at Plattsburgh. This woman came in and her husband, and they had a son in the military. He was in jail. So I, I, they came in to see the chaplain, like the chaplain has that much, has some clout, but not that much clout. I sat and talked with them. They spent their whole life savings on trying to keep this boy out of trouble. And they wanted to know what I can do for them. I said, not much. I can go see him, I can talk with him. I went to see him. He was behind bars, and the only clothes he had on was his shorts. I'm afraid to give him anything else, because he might kill himself. Sad thing to see. Sad for a mother and father. They talking. They were permissive with their child from the day he was born. It prevented them from failure. And don't waste your parents' money. If you're going to go to school, do a good job. They'll help you because they love you. I told my Christmas, if you don't bring a good report home, I says, I'm not giving you any money for school. I also told him, you can work in the summer. You keep yourself working. Help yourself as you go along. When he got out of the university, he got a full scholarship to get his doctorate in music, not easy. He complained to me that he had to learn German. He went to the Conservatory for Music in Cincinnati, Ohio, very fine. It's the Leibniz School. He said, I gotta learn German. I said, yeah, it's good for you to learn German. Easy way is not the good way. The hard way is the best way. Keeping the commandments, working well, 
loving your parents, respecting the family. You're going to get a good report card from God. So now we're at Lent. This is all about Lent. So we have two weeks now. Farewell to meat, then farewell to cheese, and then we're in Lent. And don't do the minimal. And take some cause, some people or something that needs prayer. Pray for those people. Help them. If you help someone to get to heaven, you'll be aptly rewarded. We should contemplate our rule of prayer. Do we pray in the morning and the evening? Do we read the scriptures and spiritual reading? Do we meditate? It's not just for the monks here in the monastery. It's for everybody. And I keep my eye on the monks. And I try to set a decent example for them. People say they read their Bible. <clears throat> I've learned the most about the Bible, not in the seminary, but through meditation and prayer from the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, the pages open themselves. That should not be unusual. All of a sudden, light comes to you. I was thinking about, about light and our relationship to the Holy Trinity. And light comes from the Father through the Son, inspired by the Holy Spirit. It means given out, inspired, in your heart. And the prayer of the heart is the most important thing you can develop. It opens everything to you, scripture and the sacraments. So this is your vocation for the great season of Lent. To walk with God, to love God, to suffer for God, to let him take care of your inmost being. To fill you with the light and life of the Holy Trinity. That's why we are on the earth. So I wish you well. I will pray for you. Uh, it's difficult. Anything that's worth having is difficult. I'm reading a book about a Jewish violinist now. Very interesting. He almost died how many times? persecution. I'm only beginning the book. I'm very edified. Became a very famous violinist. He didn't sit at home and go out to the uh, play in the yard and do all that. He was in the house playing his violin. Very difficult instrument. He mastered it. Prayed for kings and queens all over the world. Today's famous violinist. He worked hard. 
to work hard for heaven is more important. And you'll have a bigger party there than you'll have any else in your life. Don't be disappointed that things take an effort and they're hard to do. Don't think you're entitled. Nobody's entitled. You have to work to gain the entitlement and the things you need. The love of God, desire for the wisdom, the gift of the Holy Spirit are the treasures we should hold in our heart. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.